I'm a slow learner. <clears throat> For all sitting comfortably, I'll begin. I tend to live my life in a guddle. <laughs> I was actually intrigued as to how that would be um, signed, but <laughs> I would just go like that. Um, <laughs> to those of you who know me, uh, this statement will not come as much of a surprise. If someone asks me for a piece of paperwork, which they know I have, they will get it eventually, probably. Once I search among the various bundles of letters, brochures, forms and catalogues that I have spread around the house, I'm sure the filing system made sense at some time. When I retired from work, yes I did work, um, I cleared my desk of all the bits of paper that had accumulated over the term, terms, years. I'm not saying there were pieces of work that I thought were lost, just to say that I was struggling to remember who the pupils were. Some may have been in their final year of accounting or medicine at university, or even married with children. Uh, a few days later, I received an email from my head of department saying that it was the first time she could remember seeing the surface of my desk. <laughs> I took that as a badge of pride, actually. <laughs> um, I, I, I looked on it as a badge of pride because I was saving the cleaner work from having to clean it. Uh, yeah, anyway. So the idea of popping in for a visit, somebody popping in for a visit, fills me with absolute horror. I keep saying that I'll change and become more organised and put things back in the place they came from, and I do. It lasts for a while, but then I lapse back into the old habits. Probably the real me. So I wonder how Zacchaeus felt when Jesus invited himself to his house. Did he say, like I might have done, uh, come back next week until I go and clear up? No. He welcomed Jesus gladly and took him to his house. Um, I think maybe you could even say he manhandled him to his house. Um, but I can imagine Zacchaeus clambering down the tree, grabbing Jesus by the arm and rushing back to his house, gibbering like a monkey during the walk back. I think I can still say that. There would have been several reasons for this. Uh, being a host is considered a privilege in that part of the world, the Eastern Mediterranean. In Lebanon today, a host greets a guest by saying, Charafna, and I'm sure I've said that terribly wrong, uh, I've probably insulted somebody, um, but that means you honour us. It's a privilege to have somebody drop in as a guest, invited or uninvited, as people think you're worth visiting. By being his guest, Jesus brings honour to Zacchaeus' house. Another reason might be that Zacchaeus probably didn't have many visitors. Zacchaeus' namates. Mainly due to his occupation as a tax collector. Sorry, again. Uh, I think you got a, a pummeling last week, tax collectors. But not just any tax collector, but the chief tax collector. As John mentioned last week, being a tax collector in Jesus' time wasn't the same as the fine upstanding members of HMRC <laughs> that, that we have today. Um, I say that as during my wilderness years, 
I was employed in Centre One for a short time. Yes, indeed. Mm. <laughs> they didn't like me either. Um, but the, the chief tax collectors collected taxes for the Roman invaders. So it wouldn't have put them particularly high up in the, the kind of uh, ratings of popularity. The Romans would assess how much each area or town would be taxed, and the chief tax collector would pay the amount to the Romans before it was collected from the people. When that money was being collected, it was probably not uncommon for the tax collector to add a supplement to what was actually due from each taxpayer. So it's not difficult to see why Zacchaeus was unpopular. The Romans didn't really care if the people were overtaxed. They had their revenue, so it was between the people and the tax collector if there were any problems. This would probably explain why the tax collectors were seen as collaborators, quislings, traitors, or any other word that you want to use for these types of people. No wonder the onlookers muttered angrily about Jesus going to be the guest of a sinner. But they seem to have overlooked the fact that they too were sinners, as we all are. If Jesus couldn't go to Zacchaeus' house because he was a sinner, then he wouldn't have been able to go to any other person's house, as the occupants would also be sinners. And if Jesus wasn't able to come into the lives of sinners, there would have been no point in him being born because we are all sinners. Jesus' purpose was to deliver people from their sin, and he could hardly do that without showing them that the path they were following was the wrong one. A teacher wouldn't be much good if all they did was mark a pupil's work wrong and then hand it back without comment. That doesn't take the kid anywhere. They need to show the pupil where they went wrong and then tease out where and what they should have done. And then the pupil needs to show that they can follow this corrected method by getting the right answers in other examples. Zacchaeus shows that he has learned from Jesus by promising to give half his possessions to the poor and to pay four times as much to anybody as he has cheated. Salvation had come to Zacchaeus' house that day. The theme of today's service is the strength of our witness. Those of you who are reading the, um, the, uh, the update might be wondering when we were actually going to get to that part. Um, but one of the definitions of witness is to be a sign of. Did Zacchaeus act as a witness or a sign of the effect in Jesus in his life? And I think his actions showed that he did. But how strong is our witness? Possibly the worst thing that could be said to a Christian is, I didn't realise you were a Christian. What an indictment of that person's life. Why didn't the other person know? Did the Christian not speak about it? 
Did they actively hide it? Or were they only Sunday Christians for an hour? As Christians, we are supposed to live out the life that Jesus taught. It's not easy in this increasingly secular world where discussion of anything religious is actively discouraged and, in some places, suppressed. But if the early apostles didn't spread the message of Jesus' love for us and his sacrifice for our sin, we wouldn't be here. Injustice will always be with us until Jesus comes again, but it's how we react to to it that's important. Obviously, we shouldn't just go with the flow, as that's the attitude of the child who, when asked if he did or she did something wrong, replies, everybody else was doing it. And we've all done that, let's face it. As if that made it right. So how do we witness for Christ in today's world? Prayer is an obvious, if underused, response. There are many people in this congregation who seem to just have the right words to pray in a given situation. And also that I admit that it's something I'm not that good at. And it's, I must persevere in that aspect of my Christian life. And I suppose the way you get better at it is by doing it more. Another way is speaking out when we see things going on that that go against Christ's plan for the world. I was outraged when our last Prime Minister, remember her, um, was prepared to cut the highest rate of tax for the highest earners, not necessarily a bad thing by the way, but not increase benefits to at least keep up with inflation. How on earth can that seem to be fair uh, to everybody and and working for everybody? Thankfully, she has gone uh, before that policy was put in place. I'm trying hard not to look over there. Um, We'll have to wait and see what the present Prime Minister has in store for us. We can witness by offering practical help to those in need. Food banks are an example, many of which are run by churches throughout the country. The EK Community Food Bank is a venture by various churches in the town, including this one, to relieve in some way the effects of the rise of unemployment and more recently the rise in energy prices. By giving on a regular basis, we are showing that we care about others as Jesus did. We are witnessing for him by doing that. Many people offered places in their home for Ukrainian refugees forced to flee their homes due to the Russian invasion. That was a a practical sign of witness. In times of crisis, giving money may, may even be the best response. In these present times, that's more difficult for many, but for others, it may be appropriate. An extreme example of this is Bill Gates, who may have a spare dollar or two to spare. In September of this year, 
he reiterated his pledge to give away virtually all his wealth to the Bill and Melanie Gates Foundation. While announcing a $20 billion donation, I will say that again, a $20 billion donation to the Foundation, he said, I have an obligation to return my resources to society in ways that have the greatest impact for reducing suffering and improving lives. Few of us, none of us, I would guess, can give that amount of money. But wouldn't it be a sign of the strength of our witness if we acted in ways that had the greatest impact for reducing suffering and improving lives in Jesus' name? Zacchaeus did it. Why can't we do it? Amen.